CJ Radio Show continues now on 880 The Biz. Here are your hosts, Johnny Irish. I'm Hadley, internal medicine, Dr. Lafon, Dr. Boyer, and Dr. Stinson, Marston, and Gill, and Dr. Ian House. These are our newly arrived surgeons, Drs. Trowbridge and Greenbaum. And Corey Morgan. Doctor? 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 Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. No pills gonna cure my ill. I got a bad case of loving you. All right, welcome back. 880 The Biz. Thank you for sticking with us. As you know, for the past couple of weeks, especially with the coronavirus, Corey, I would say we stepped up the game regarding medical technology. Yes, we did, Johnny. I think we did. Um, now, doctor, 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 doctor. doctor. Um, what we uh, what we have this evening is uh, we have a number of different guests, and uh, we have Chris Risley on the phone with us. He's from Bastille.net. That's Bastille.net, and that's Bastille Networks. And uh, ironically enough, to be honest with you, earlier in the week, I would have never thought about this, but uh, Chris and Mr. Risley here, uh, he's going to talk to us and he's going to teach us about Bluetooth networks, which everyone's Bluetoothing it. Bluetooth my earphones, Bluetooth my little stereo speaker on the on the cabinet. But have you ever thought about Bluetoothing medical devices like a pacemaker? No, no, no. Actually, I have today, my friends. Yeah. I have today. And how about this? How about Bluetoothing your neighbor's pacemaker? Because yes. that's what I heard. Well, well, let's get into it here. So, yeah. hey, Chris, are you with us? How are you today? I, I am with you, and I'm fine. Thank you. All right. So let's just get into this. Let's jump into the Internet of Radios. And for our audience, this is a collection of Internet of Things, you know, mobile, medical, and other devices that use radio frequencies to communicate. The reason why Johnny and I were talking about this, we are reading about this, you know, several instances of cyber attacks, like recently have been demonstrated against radio-enabled healthcare devices. For example, one showed that there are vulnerabilities in the communication that there, Corey? <laughs> I got it here. Yeah, so it's that? been a long day, my, my friends. Um, that is used to control like Johnson & Johnson's Animus one-touch ping insulin pumps. Chris, can you explain the vulnerability um, that allows hackers to remotely hack and control the amount of, like, let's say, insulin that is delivered, which obviously presents a stark health hazard? Sure. When we walk into a, a medical facility these days, um, you notice that the thing that takes your blood pressure or takes any of your other vitals isn't physically connected to the rest of the system. Those things are connected by radios these days. In fact, if you look at all the connected devices in the world, um, which is about 15 billion, 11 billion of them are connected by radios. And uh, they use all sorts of different radio protocols, but the reason we're on the phone today is there's some new attacks um, called the swain tooth vulnerabilities that were um, disclosed recently but the interesting thing for us at bastille is we look at at vulnerabilities in radio protocols everywhere in business in government in defense but this is the first time we've seen a warning come from the fda not from the fcc or the department of homeland security now chris i I have to stop you there and i i I truly apologize for it 
you and I were on the phone this week, and I had asked about the swine tooth, where that name came from, and then you right. brought up the historical King Blue Tooth or Bloom Tooth. Tell us before we even go any further where you guys and where your industry are getting these names from. Well, the guys that found this vulnerability are at the Singapore University of Technology and Design, and um, they said, well, what are we going to call all these vulnerabilities that we found? And they decided to call it uh, Swain Tooth, S-W-E-Y-N-E. Oh, I spelled that wrong, but don't worry, no one else will see it. No, it's radio. And the the reason they called it Swain Tooth is they named that after uh, King Swain Forkbeard, who was a king of uh, Denmark and Norway and for a little little while England. And the reason they named it that is he had revolted against his father, King Harold Bluetooth. Uh, and so given that they found all these vulnerabilities in Bluetooth low energy, they, they decided that uh, that was a revolt against Bluetooth. And so they were going to name it Swain Tooth. And are you in agreement uh, with that? Do you like that name? Yeah, I like any name that helps people remember that there are vulnerabilities out there. And that one catches me and has more humor in it than many. <laughs> so speaking of vulnerabilities, you were quoted as saying as with the rise of mobile, wireless, and IoT devices in the healthcare workplace, there's a significant gap between security awareness and preparedness in the healthcare industry as many of these devices contain vulnerabilities that hackers can exploit and use as a portal for entry into healthcare organizations network. Can you elaborate on the risks of that? Well, uh, actually, that sounds more articulate. My marketing guy must have written that. <laughs> but um, Welcome to the uh, CJ Radio Show. Uh, what I would tell you is that as we've started to deploy all these new protocols, people are much more concerned with getting the things hooked up. And once they're hooked up, they just assume that everything else is happening encrypted and, and, and safe. Uh, but we have found, and we're not the only ones, uh, security researchers spend a lot of their time trying to find vulnerabilities before the bad guys do and warning people about them so they can be patched up and taken care of. So Swain Tooth is an example of that. That's a way that uh, an attacker from a distance of up to 100 meters, so he doesn't even have to be in the building, he could be in the parking lot, can take over some device or stop it. Those are the kind of two effects of Swain tooth vulnerabilities. Sometimes with some attacks, you can just make the device stop. With other attacks, you can take it over and tell it to do new and interesting things. And, um, and that applies, as you mentioned, to insulin pumps and infusion systems and uh, pacemakers and heart monitors. There are lots of different uh, devices which use Bluetooth low energy, which is a, a protocol that you and I use in our lives. It might be in our car with our phone, etc. Um, and by the way, the cool kids call it BLE uh, for Bluetooth Low Energy. So I'm going to say BLE from here on to save us a. Are you trying to be seconds. a cool kid? Is that what you're trying well, to do? Well, I'm a little old for that, but yeah, I'm. I make my attempt. Let me let me ask you a quick question. Mm -hmm. Why would anyone using Bluetooth want to hack in to a pacemaker? I mean, what, what is the point? Well, that's a, it's a fine question. There's certainly no good reason 
to do that. But if you watch enough TV murder mysteries, you can think of some bad reasons to do it. Well, I had a neighbor uh, or, one time, but I don't think I would hack into his Bluetooth pacemaker. You know? Yeah, you're you're probably on the good guy side. I would hope uh, so. Yeah. In in addition to that, uh, you know, there are there are both the guys that have specific evil intent, and then there are kids who are hackers who are just seeing what mischief they can cause. And when you get around to messing with medical equipment, that's an extremely dangerous set of experiments. It is, it is. Yeah. So how would Bastille.net, how would your software, say if somebody was concerned and messing with somebody's insulin machine, how would your software help to protect that? And how does it work exactly in a hospital setting? Super. So in a hospital setting, one of the challenges you've got is, according to the Bluetooth low energy manufacturers last year, they made 8 billion of these things, 8 billion little Bluetooth radios that got into all sorts of devices. And one of the problems you have in the hospital is just knowing where they are, because every one of those devices now needs to have new firmware patched in. And so you've got to find them all um, before you do anything about uh, fixing them. And uh, the trouble with Bluetooth low energy is several companies make uh, systems that where they can see Bluetooth low energy devices when they aren't connected because the device is calling out to be paired. It's calling out for a friend. But once they pair up, uh, they disappear in radio space for everybody else. But Bastille has a set of sensors that we put in hospitals and DOD facilities and, you know, the uh, intelligence community facilities. And we see everything that's going on in radio space. And we can even see Bluetooth low energy devices, which have paired up and tell you exactly where they are in your facility, where both ends of the pair are. We can also tell you if one end of the pair is coming from outside the building, which is exactly the situation that you don't want. As a layman, mm -hmm. um, as mm -hmm. a normal citizen, would your technology be something similar to... Uh like a wireless box on a pole, something that you add and that just kind of scans the circumference around this area to look for these yes. signals? Yes. If you look at uh, a Bastille sensor ray, it looks like an internet access point. You know, it just gets put around the hospital in the same way that uh, internet, you know, Wi-Fi access points do. Yeah, kind of uh, like a around... telephone pole, for lack of a better word. Yes. So, it's not quite as ugly as a telephone pole, but yeah, that's the concept. All right, so, so we'll can, support you on that. So we'll can, support you. So on continue that. on, Chris. So, uh, so say so, I'm hacking and I'm going, and your system picks me up. Corey, you're hacking, and then um, you know I'm Bluetooth to Bluetooth, and then it drops off. Your sensors pick it up. What happens from there? Well, uh, we tell you exactly where the problem is, and we send an alert. Hospitals already have very sophisticated alert systems. We don't try to replace that. We tell the hospital that there is a problem and we give their alert system a link so that they can look at our screens and see on the map exactly where that is. And hospitals already have their own security teams that know how to act on uh, new kinds of alerts. So we just take the information we have and combine it with the other information the hospital has and let them take whatever actions they need to take. So what else can healthcare organizations do to bolster the security of devices that use radio frequencies to communicate? 
Well, this is true essentially for all security. You gotta stay up with the patch levels. And people do run Windows Update or update their Macs regularly. And even hospitals go around and make sure their computers have been updated. Uh, but all these other devices, they don't think about. So the manufacturers have come up with new patches for the Swain tooth vulnerabilities. But if they're still sitting on the server at the manufacturer and they haven't been downloaded and installed on every Bluetooth device, you're screwed. And what we do is let you know where all those devices are. You can look at them and see whether they're at the right patch levels. And again, that applies to everything in security. If your stuff is not at the current patch level, you are vulnerable. Because the reason there was a patch is somebody found a vulnerability in the previous version. I have a quick question. Sure. What is the future of Bluetooth itself? Was it a fad or is it something that's going to stay around forever? You know, connecting my headphones or my medical devices. What is the future of Bluetooth? What is your opinion on that? Sure. So in technology, forever is 10 years, maybe. 10 and, uh, I've got that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Bluetooth is and especially Bluetooth Low Energy, which is the, the newer version of it, it's going to be around for another 10 years, and it's going to be in billions and billions of devices. But, you know, that's just a small segment of different kinds of connectivity where there's vulnerabilities. Let me tell you another little yarn. This one applies uh, not just to hospitals, but to hospitals and other places. Our threat researchers looked at the question, how good is the encryption between wireless keyboards and the little dongles that you plug into the USB slot? Yeah, and, yeah. I got those and, in my house as we speak. Sure you do. And here's what they found. If it's a Microsoft keyboard, the encryption is good. And that's because several years ago, the encryption was lousy and they got burned and they fixed it. But if you look at the other high-end, you know, $80, $100 wireless keyboards, the encryption wasn't implemented quite right, and our guys know how to break it. Then they looked at a different question, which is how good is the encryption on the wireless keyboards that cost $50, like a state agency or a hospital might buy for everybody? And the answer is there's nothing wrong with the encryption because there isn't any. <laughs> Everything... Yeah, yeah, Everything yeah. that comes comes out of those keyboards is in an obscure radio protocol, but in plain text. So a guy could sit in the parking lot and gather up all the keystrokes from all the keyboards in that building and then later sort them for passwords and social security numbers and all sorts of private information. It's kind of like and, my car has plenty of heat because I didn't buy air conditioning. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and honestly, we told the manufacturers about this a few years ago, and some of them fixed it. But you can still go into a Best Buy today and buy a, a wireless keyboard that doesn't have any encryption. So you're just transmitting to your neighbors. And if you don't mind your neighbors seeing that, that's fine. But if you do mind, don't operate under the illusion that it's secret. With that being said, the customer has absolutely no idea about this technology or, for lack of a better word, this flaw in the technology. Yeah. Well, honestly, the manufacturers don't in many cases either. When we contacted some of the brands of these lower-end wireless keyboards, we said, you've got this vulnerability, and they said, no, we have a policy 
that everything is encrypted. And they do have a policy. They just don't have any technology to encrypt it. And they had no idea. One more on that line. Our researchers also looked at how good is the encryption between your mouse and the little dongle that plugs into the mm-hmm. USB port on those. And the encryption was actually okay. But they asked the question, well, what if we send that dongle information without encrypting it? So just send it plain text. Now, this is a mouse dongle, not a keyboard dongle, but you send it plain text. And the answer is that dongle will accept it and type it as if from your fingers at a thousand words a minute. So if my first command is open a command window and my next command is move the command window off the bottom of the screen. Now you have a co-pilot while you're doing accounting or medical records or whatever, who could be FTPing files to Brazil. And from the point of view of the network, that's you. So anything you have access to on your PC or on the network can, is available to this mad co-pilot who could be stealing that information. Again, that's an attack that can take place from 900 feet away. So, so like Maddie in the boardroom over there. Maddie's. Yeah, absolutely. You could, you could be helping Maddie send files to places he's never heard of. So how would that pick it up? Say we have your software and there's a few things that you mentioned you can do. And one is monitor devices in your airspace. So, you know, healthcare yeah. organizations should deploy technology uh, that you guys offer. And how does sure. that visibility help? Like somebody pulls up in the parking lot and starts to mess with somebody else's system. How does that work? Take, take us through that step in that process. Well, we see two things. We see that there's a new radio source outside the building and that it's connecting to devices in the building. We also watch the, the signatures. That is, in order to do these hijacks of various kinds, you have to take certain steps. And our software is already set up so that if it sees those steps going in that order, it sets off an alert, tells you the location of the attacker, and let your security team take whatever actions they're supposed to do in that situation. So is it kind of like an AI thing or more of a machine learning type of thing? Well, like we do software. some of each okay. to optimize. You know, there there are times when machine learning is the right answer, and there are times when a broader picture AI solution is the right answer. We we are looking at the data all the time with multiple tools so that we can find these signatures and alert on them. And one thing you suggest is know your employees, and uh, by understanding employee behavior and the types of devices like entering their offices, that could pose a danger to the network infrastructure. Can you elaborate on that and how a situation might come to fruition? Sure. It used to be, I'm sure you guys have done security interviews before, and people talk about insider threats. Mm -hmm. And five years ago, the insider threat was the disgruntled employee. But these days, it's not the, it's the, earnest, loyal employee who is carrying a device that's been compromised elsewhere. So you need to know, does this guy have a device which is compromised? And there are multiple ways to do that. The way we do it is we watch how these devices uh, behave in radio space. And when they act differently than normal employee devices behave in radio space, we give an alert. And it's not that the employee's intending to cause trouble he just got his device compromised didn't know it and now he's brought it into a place where the device is now trying to connect to other things in in the building uh to see if they've got a vulnerability like the swain tooth vulnerability that it can exploit yeah and you know it's funny you mentioned that 
Well, it's not funny because we brought you on the show, so it's pretty serious. But I, I personally have read, I know Corey, the research freak, we've read a lot of articles where unbeknownst to the employee, they might not change their password enough or sure. they might respond to an email. And we've had people on the show just in the past couple of weeks who have discussed this, where mm-hmm. you know it might be a carbon copy of a professional email and they then click the link. So right. my question to you, and on a business aspect, not on an industry aspect, is how do you, um, with your company, uh, target those customers and convince your new customers that they need your service? And secondly, who are your target customers? So let me take the second question first. Okay. Uh, our target customers are people who really care about the secrecy of their data. Is so that an individual that, or is that a company? It's companies uh, or organizations. Gotcha. So our, our customers are in the Department of Defense. They're in the intelligence community. They're in Department of Homeland Security. And they're in uh, medical facilities, the giant banks, and uh, technology companies. So it's people that for whom their secrets are important and they want to do everything they can to make sure those secrets stay inside the building. Mm-hmm. Now, recently um, you announced your new enterprise, Cellular Intrusion Detection Enterprises. Um, that was previously, yeah. since you brought up the military and law enforcement, that was previously only available to its military and law enforcement customers. How might that help the medical field or hospitals specifically? There are parts of hospitals where they, they don't want any phones. Uh, because either they don't want to disturb patients when a phone rings or they don't want the phone's radio signals to disrupt the other signals, like in intensive care and places like that. So um, what we're able to do, and nobody else on the civilian side is able to do, is we're able to detect cell phones just from their cellular signals alone. Uh, There are a bunch of companies that say we can detect smartphones, And the reason they say smartphones is because what they're really saying is we can detect Wi-Fi devices and smartphones have Wi-Fi in. But the bad guys shut off the Wi-Fi so they can't be detected. And then when they come into a building, they're just on cellular and they're invisible to other detection systems. But Bastille's enterprise cellular detection can find those cell phones and locate them in the building and alert you when they cross into what we call a geofenced area, that is a part of the building where the, the rule is no cell phones. Or if somebody brings in a cell phone off into one of those areas and then turns it on, we alert you and put a dot on the map exactly where that cell phone just came on. And who is watching that? Uh, well, typically from moment to moment, nobody's watching our screen. They're watching their alert management system. So. They have some management system where they're watching everything that goes on in in the building. You know, if somebody opens an emergency door somewhere that shouldn't be opened, they get an alert on this alert management system. And we just provide the same alert information into that alert management system so that they can know when something's gone on in radio space as opposed to something that's gone on in physical space. And once the alert comes up, the security guy will click on it 
and that will take him into our map of the facility and show exactly where the problem is. And then the security team will handle that in whatever way the security team wants to handle that based on the hospital's policies or the facility's policies. Now, Chris, as much as we would love to waste the rest of your evening, uh, unfortunately, we are running out of time, uh, but we do have a few minutes left. And what we'd like to do is for you to introduce yourself to our audience, your company to our audience, and most importantly, the target audience that your company is doing business with because they might be listening right now. So if you would take a few minutes, say who you are, where you are, what you're doing, what your company's doing, who you're looking for, and who you could help, we would... Uh, and where they can find you. And, uh, of course, where they can find you. It's definitely not going to be on 880 The Biz next Thursday. So what's your email, <laughs> phone number? Corey just gave me the eye. We, we will honor to have you back on another segment to talk about more Bluetooth security. And who knows, maybe we could dive into the Department of Defense. Okay. My name's Chris Risley. I'm the CEO of Bastille Networks. You can find us online at Bastille.net, and you can write to us at info at Bastille.net. We serve uh, organizations that want to keep their secret secret, and we do that by providing the ability to watch everything that's going on in radio space with the same rigor that you watch everything that's going on on your company network. So we listen to all the radio signals in your facility. We figure out what they are. We categorize them. We tell you where they are. And we tell you when something in there is anomalous. It's different than it used to be. You need to know. Now, Chris, so, um, uh, being that we're on radio tonight, uh, are you secretly listening to our radio signal as we speak? <laughs> well, I, I think your hope is that it isn't a secret. Right. That, that no, that's a good point. Are listening yeah, yeah, right. as well. yeah. <laughs> I hope lots of people are listening. Yeah. Well, a lot of people use the word wireless and not radio yeah. signal. And I think that's mm -hmm. where the difference is, uh, you know, between the professional and the layman. I think that's true. Honestly, a lot of enterprises, when we talk to them, say we've got our Wi-Fi security handled, by which they mean you say wireless and they say Wi-Fi. But there are a hundred other protocols going on in their building that they don't know anything about and they need to. Now, I think that's, Matt and Corey and I, it. I think we're all thinking the same thing here, is maybe we should do a radio show regarding the radio signal with Bastille Networks mm -hmm. sometime in the future. Sounds good. Love to do it. And now, Chris, listen, all of us, we can't thank you for your time today. We know, uh, you know, it's a busy night. You have a family. You have business to do. And again, thank you very much for joining us and sharing your insight regarding this topic. Thank you, Chris. Have a great night. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, guys. Stay tuned. Hour two of the CJ Radio Show on 880 The Biz starts after these messages.